With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're talking position groups again. This week, we're into safeties and linebackers in the combined show. Uh, welcome in, Keith. Yeah, this is um, it, this is a, an interesting group, and it's a, a quite a large group. There's a lot of um, a lot of players um, to talk about today. Yeah, and they're in OTAs, so there's a little bit of that. We've got new quarterbacks in the room heading up that quarterback competition for the first time in ten years. We've got um, coaches come out and talked about leadership roles with the team. Sounds like DK Metcalf is emerging on the offensive side of the ball, while Jordan Brooks is uh, emerging as one of the young players on the defensive side. It's expected to kind of step up a little bit this year. And uh, he's one of the guys we're talking about today. Um, Have you paid attention to any of that so far um, this week? Uh, Not really. I mean, it's hard. These are our padless practices with, you know, no contact. So it's hard to, put a lot of weight into these. I mean, last year at this time we were being told like, um, looking for the name. Cause I, so I don't, I get, uh, that it was Penny Hart, that Penny Hart was going to be like the, the huge contributor, um, on, on offense because he looked so good in these and looked so like ready and all of that. And he had what three catches last season, um, total. Um, so I just, uh, these, this time, like people get hurt. That's a big deal. You know, th- those are the kinds of things 
Um, we're kind of watching the um, DK Metcalf, um, you know, like contract thing going on. I want to see who's out there. I want to make sure that guys like Tariq Woolen, who missed part of the the rookie mini camp, is a full participant. Like those are the things that I'm interested in. This oh, this person looks great. Like, yeah, we've been told so many times that somebody's right. looked great in these, and then they didn't even make the team. Um, so. Speaking of Tariq Woolen, he's out with a little hammy until Wednesday. He's going to be a full participant on Wednesday. That goes for Rashad Penny as well. Same same issue. In fact, I think last year this time he had the same sort of tweak and didn't participate in these OTAs as well. I'm talking about Rashad Penny. Um, <laughs> shocker. And um, I think everyone else is doing doing pretty good. There's the usual suspects with off-season surgery none of those guys are participating including DK yeah. Metcalf uh, but Jamal Adams Quandre Diggs is out uh, Amadi and Neil are taking over some of the um the first team reps uh Marquise Blair is sitting out sounds like he's going to be out until training camp um yeah so anyway let's get into it uh we're talking about safeties and linebackers this year in a three four multi scheme scheme looks and first of all in a broad sort of sense keith what is your idea about how the defense is going to be a little different in in looks and the way that we use safeties and linebackers this year and what does that kind of do to the type of personnel that we're bringing in well i mean the defense is going to be quite different not only is it going to be the you know a three four which means all sorts all of the you know gap assignments and everything um the front seven is different but it, you know, you listen to the coaches talk, and and the way that they're doing the the defensive concepts on the back end are going to be different too. Much more of a a matchup zone, more of a man look. Um, although mm-hmm. there'll be plenty of handing off, and and it's just a different kind of defense and a different um, way about you know going about things. Uh, what that means is that they're going to be more aggressive they're going to be more uh there's gonna be more physical there's gonna be more contact with the receivers and that kind of stuff there's going to be um that but also there's got to be a lot more reaction and you they need guys that are um, maybe quicker than fast um in, in a lot of different places and so i think that's why we've seen them go smaller at cornerback um is just because they know they need that quickness so um question right off the top then for you on the, the largest name out of both groups, Jamal Adams, safety. Mm-hmm. Went through off-season surgery to repair a torn labrum. Still not able to go. Uh, is probably going to hang around until training camp or probably week two or three of training camp. Who knows? Um, how does he fit into this with his up above and beyond playing style? Um, seems like he's more of a, a traditional safety as far as the scheme is concerned, but body type. I don't know if he's rugged enough to to hold up, especially um, against run um, where, where he needs to come up and fill holes and, and all that kind of stuff, which seems to be the way that they, the safeties are treated in this defense, um, especially strong safeties. They're playing more on the line of scrimmage. They are dropping back into coverages. A lot of that is disguise oriented. More often than not, though, they're up there defending the run first and foremost, and then they're dropping back into coverage against tight ends and, and running backs primarily. How does Jamal Adams fit into this thing? I think Jamal Adams fits fine. What you don't want Jamal Adams doing is dropping back as a two deep safety 
and covering wide receivers. That's not his skill set, right? He is a, a special player up around the line of scrimmage. And I know you're concerned about like durability and all of that. Um, and I kind of too, given the last two off seasons, he's need, needed surgery. But if you try to avoid him getting hurt by playing him in a different way, you take away what makes him special. I agree. Um, and so you kind of just have to let him be himself and, you know, hope that it works out as far on the injury front. Um, mm-hmm. At least he's a guy we know that, you know, if his shoulder gets banged up, he'll play through it and play like well through it. Uh, and then just need another surgery in the off season. So it's not like one of those guys that every little, um, every uh, little cut or scratch means they're going to miss three weeks. So it's true. He's tough as nails. I give him that. Yeah. But, I mean, but nonetheless, you get diminishing returns. You got to be honest with me by say week 12. It's not the same Jamal Adams is lining up in week one. Yeah. I mean, it's then, you know, that's when he sits out for three weeks and then comes back and is ready for the playoffs. Um, I don't have an answer for you on, on, on what to do with Jamal Adams. I think that um, I agree with to- you, though. You've got to play him the way that the scheme dictates you play him. You don't you can't um, you can't reserve him like you do a Chris Carson on the offensive side. You need all, Jamal Adams has to go all out. It's all out 100 percent all the time mm-hmm. or he's not Jamal Adams. And he's just another guy. And we need that guy. He's the guy that can tilt the field for you. He can play multiple uh, positions he can move around for you um, he can blitz and rush the passer better than almost any uh, defensive back in the entire NFL uh, when given that opportunity and I'd like to see a little bit more of that this year maybe that's what keeps him cleaner this year is give him more opportunities to kind of rush the passer use his speed to get around the edge where he's not fighting through blocks to make tackles but he's making plays on the ball and, and uh, making plays on the quarterback yeah, I mean that's one way to do it. The other thing that they could do is is um you know, if they two minute the two minute offense, you know, they're or two minute defense, right? Um you know the other team's throwing and they're throwing on every down and you're not blitzing. Um or at least not blitzing your safety because they've got the protection set up to to pick up, you know, unless you're bringing a lot of people. And you don't want to do that in that situation because that's when you give it the big play. So um, in that situation, what do you do with Jamal Adams? Well, maybe you pull him and you put in a guy who's better in coverage. And, and that's when you see, you know, Ugo Amadi come in as a second mm-hmm. team safety, mm-hmm. um, type of situation. And I, so I could, I could see that, um, type. So basically you can find different times where he's not the best person to have on the field and bring him out and give him less reps, which will keep him healthier. Um, kind of load management a little bit by instead of having him play a hundred percent of the snaps in the games when he's there to play them, you know, you get that number down to 90 or, you know, something like that. Just a few less snaps, a few less hits. It's just less contact and it'll help his body hold up a little more. And it'll give us a, a chance to play some younger guys as well. Um, let's go to Quandre Diggs. Um, love the player. Signed, got a new contract. It was a horrible situation. In the last five minutes of, of that game down in Arizona uh, to have uh, a broken leg out of that situation, very emotional. Didn't know how that was going to impact his off season with free agency pending. I mean, just the mm-hmm. worst case scenario for him. Everything turned out. Ended up getting yeah. the contract that Seattle was probably going to give him anyway. Um, he's back. He's he's a natural leader now on this defense, minus um, Bobby Wagner. Um, so. 
Quandre Diggs' role in this, I think it gets easier in this defense because it is a too high situation. He's not the only guy back there trying to make plays. I think it actually gives him an opportunity to make more plays, which is, I think, the defense almost seems like it's going to be designed around his abilities. Well, it's not just his ability, but it's it's because it's not just him. Like if you got a two deep safety, you got two safeties back there. Um, and but it it is definitely designed around giving him an opportunity to um, be himself in the best way possible. And, Making plays, yeah. So he can he can just fly around and make plays and do his thing. Uh, everyone's gonna like that. I mean, there's a reason why they brought him back. He is a good player. He's a very underrated player, um, and you know, he's going to be kind of the center of um, what the Seahawks are doing as far as coverage. And, and I guess that's what I, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. So yeah. 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 And he's, he's beloved. I mean, everyone, uh, I, I was watching the game. It just happened to be on the NFL network the other night. It was the Arizona Cardinal Seahawks game, uh, Russell Wilson's last game, last game of the year last year. And it showed that play and just the emotion that was going on, not only with Quandre Diggs, but all the players, um, around that was was something else so he's just going to be one of those natural leaders on that defense i'm excited and because i think when you pair him with somebody else that has the ability that he doesn't have to worry about everything now he just needs to worry about a quarter um to me that's a that's a good that's a good thing mm-hmm. um let's talk about the other guys in the safety room there's just a whole bunch of players now after those two starters yeah, those two are gonna those two are gonna play a lot yeah and everyone else we're gonna talk about isn't Except unless there's an injury, and that's and there's a couple of, uh, of players here that could mm-hmm. play nickel type stuff, and so let's yeah. talk about that first. Let's talk about Ugo Amadi, Ryan Neal, and Marquise Blair, because um, all those guys seem to be in the same bucket. And so mm-hmm. why don't we just kind of run through those? Amadi last year was tasked with being kind of the nickel corner on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he did a pretty decent job. Now he's got some competition with Justin Coleman coming back after a, yeah. a couple of years off uh, the team. Um, Ryan Neal is a larger, longer prospect, a, a big thumper. You'd think he's kind of a strong safety type, but he's really scheme diverse, can play both strong safety and free well, safety for you. Ryan Neal was a corner. Yeah. Ryan Neal was a corner. Yeah. Yeah. The team moved and, him to safety. They moved him back to corner. They moved him to safety again, and now he can really do anything. Um, he started at strong safety. He's uh, played a bunch of free safety for them. Uh, he, he's played outside corner for them and at 6'3, 200 pounds, like he's very scheme diverse. He can do a lot of different things. And he's a guy that sh- should get pl- more playing time. So, like he's so Keith, he happen. seems to pass the eye test. Like he, he just really seems does. to be making plays on the ball. It doesn't get quite the, the opportunities that he should get. But maybe with your idea of sitting Jamal Adams for 10 snaps a game and allowing mm-hmm. a player like Ryan Neal to come in and fill that void may give an opportunity to kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah. And that would be great. I mean, Ryan Neal's been around for this team forever. So I was actually thinking, I was looking at his age, trying to figure out, like, you know, I was looking for that. He's only 26. And, um, yeah, I think this is his third year. Yeah. I don't know why, but in, I just was thinking with all the position changes that he's had, I was thinking he was going to be like 28, 29. I'm like, yeah, well, do you really want to develop? Um, a guy who's already at that age. No, he's 26. Um, get him in there and um, let him continue to play and get better because good things happen when he's out there. And the fact that he is a corner, he's got those skills and has the size of a safety. 
and he's got those skills. Like it's just a good combination. He's a great tackler. Like that's, you know. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So how do we get to the point in this storyline for Marquise Blair that turns around from a sad sort of unfulfilled promise story to a fulfilling redemption level? Oh my gosh, this guy is something else and we need to sign him to, an, you know, to, to a new contract. Well, there's one thing that I would point to. Because even though he was, he's he's missed the last two years, which both times he, the CX went into um, the season believing that he was going to be a big part of what they were going to do, and then he got hurt rolled like right away. Um, he's only twenty four. He's a young kid, like and those and those injuries are unrelated. Yes, um, it, he's he's a year older than Tariq Woolen. He's a, a full year younger than um, Ugo Amadi, right? He's uh, a guy that you can look at me like, you know what? Those two years sucked because he was out and it, it like that's bad for his career and everything. He's such a young guy. Like there are guys that were drafted that are as the same age as, as Marquise Blair. And he's got three years in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, that to me is is the part where I look at and I go, yeah, he's a guy that you can you don't have to write off as oh we can't depend on him or anything because at his age he's still young enough, let him get healthy, get him out there. He should come in and and continue to be good. I mean, he was he looked legit good before he his injury both the last two years. So one other guy I wanted to mention before the other ones is Bubba Bolden, uh, undrafted rookie free agent uh, has come in. The only reason I'm, I'm putting him into this bucket is that he's listed on .com as a free safety. He does have some size. He's got some speed and agility and athleticism to him. Um, there was talk early, at least by us, if not a few others, about him possibly sticking uh, for his special teams ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's another guy that could come in and play a little bit of that, uh, nickel stuff as well as, um, on the back end. Yeah. Six, three, two Oh four, lots of speed and looks like a guy that can, um, do things is kind of raw, um, in that he's learning, you know, how to take proper routes to things when you have to, a lot of ground to cover and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, I trust in good coaching. And so he's a guy that is really interesting. Um, and definitely a special teams guy. Like, I mean, that speed, that size, get him running down right. people. That could be that could be really interesting. 
Yeah, no, he's one of the interesting guys on the roster that's, you know, on the back end now. But I think once playing starts and so forth, he's a guy that has an opportunity to stand out just from his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Blount is another guy. I, you know, it's a, it, those are kind of similar guys in the fact that they're athletic, big, thumpers, um, scheme diverse. Josh Jones, Scott Nelson, and Deontay Williams round out the safety group. Any word on those guys? Well, I would say every all of them except for Josh Jones are rookies. They're all um they're all undrafted rookies. There's four in that list. Um, right, Blout, Bowden, Nelson, and and Williams. Um, uh, that's a lot in one room. Uh Josh Jones is in his fifth year. Um, he's a guy who's 27, 6'1, yeah. has plenty has sixth year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has uh experience, has played both um special teams and has gotten on the field as a defensive player. Um, and been okay. So I think he fits more into the, into the realm of, of depth and giving them some options, especially if Blair gets hurt again or that kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't have lumped him in with the, uh, all the undrafted rookies. All right. My mistake. I was just unfamiliar with Scott Nelson. I had looked at his profile as far as age and so forth. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I was like, Josh Jones is the, Josh um, Jones. If I misspoke oh, okay. and said Scott Nelson, Nelson is one of the rookies. Um, so if I misspoke and said he, it, uh, Nelson, I meant Josh Jones. Jo- he's the guy who's Josh Jones. Yes, year. you did say yeah. you said you did say Josh Jones. Okay. All right, linebackers. Give me an overall impression about this group, considering the change that we just went through and the responsibility changes that are happening. Well, losing Bobby Wagner makes everything harder because he's so good and he's he was the leader of the defense he was the captain he was everything um and so you look at this this group and you go there's a lot of people on here how many of them do you trust as full-time players um and then who's missing on this list like who are the other guys because you know who I don't see as a, um on the linebacker list Guys that played linebacker light last year, like Alton Robinson, uh, yeah, uh, that I expect to play a lot of outside linebacker this year. So um, it's a it's a it's hard to to really get a gauge on this. Um, I do still think they lack uh, they lack a someone in the middle. They yeah. I think they're missing that. That's one of the things they've, that they've got unable um, to do this year. They've got fourteen linebackers on this list right now yeah so let's just kind of go through them so we know jordan brooks is going to be there i talked about jordan brooks uh yep. being pointed out by the coach ahead of time as being a guy that he's turning to now for some leadership um mm-hmm. on the team which is a good thing i think it's a natural fit he's going to be calling the defense this year calling out yep. the plays just like bobby wagner did last year yeah he's taking um, bobby's role in the middle and he had 184 combined tackles last year yeah which set broke bobby wagner's team record and I think led the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, well, which is just absurd. Um, I mean, <laughs> crazy. You break up, you break um, Bobby Wagner's record. That's that's something because Wagner has been uh, one of the best that's ever. And, and it and all it took for that to happen was Wagner missed the last what two games mm-hmm. of the season. He would have broke his own record because yeah. he was right there. They were neck and neck. Um, all right, Jordan Brooks. So he's going to be one of the middle linebackers here. So he is going through a little bit of a shift. Um, 
How much of a shift? Do you it's see? not that much going from, cause he was a, he was um, a weak side linebacker in a uh, four, three, moving from that to an interior linebacker in a three, four, it's, it, it, it's going to shift him. It's going to shift him a gap and a half towards the um, middle a little bit more in terms of where he lines up, but his, what he does is going to be very similar. He's going to be, um, he's going to be off the line of scrimmage. He's going to be read, react, go make tackles, use his speed. I mean, it plays very well into what he does. Before I get to Cody Barton, there's a new linebacker on the team. Uh, Uchenna Nuasso, mm -hmm. a guy from the chargers. Uh, sounds like he's coming in to play the strong side. Mm -hmm. um, and then Cody Barton uh, is going to be pairing in the middle with Jordan Brooks. Yep. Um, and then it's going to be, probably one of Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson on the other side. Yeah. Um, that, that looks to be the starting four. Um, and uh, it's, they've got Daryl Taylor kind of there where they're looking at maybe having him be an outside linebacker slash defensive end, which is much more common in the old um, mm -hmm. alignment scheme in a, in a three, four, your defensive ends have to be bigger. Um, because they've got a two gap and they've got to move inside, um, you know, one, uh, position, one, one gap, uh, more than you would think they would normally do that. And so there's wonder if maybe he's undersized for that. Uh, but we'll he's see. 260. I think he's 268, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they'll find a role for him. The ideal, um, three, four, uh, defensive end is like 280, 285. Uh, and he's not, he's like 260. Um, but he's also a little big for an outside linebacker. But like I said, they'll find a role for him. He's um, just too damn talented. He was one of the better players on the defense last year. And so, so you you mentioned Alton Robinson, and then you've got uh, Boye Mafe and Tariq Smith as well mm -hmm. in those roles that you would typically, you know, it's hard to kind of say if they're defensive ends or linebackers. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of got them in a defensive end bucket on my roster that I've that I've instructed here just because the the linebacker room is just completely yep. crazy but yeah I would say um Boye Mafe um has a shot um I think a combination of him and and um Alton Robinson are that weak side uh outside linebacker which is different than a weak side outside linebacker from last year right that was where Brooks was playing it was off the line of scrimmage and it was um, you know, I mean, you saw it, he, he was Jordan Brooks, um, in a, yeah, in a three, right. four, um, if you think back to the, like when, when it the San Francisco Seattle rivalry was at its hottest, Alton Smith was the, sorry, Alden Smith was the prototype weak side, um, three, four outside linebacker, small, fast pass rusher, um, can get around the corner like he he's the prototype and boy mafe fits into that role that's who he is um and so he's going to be in line for that i think alton robinson fits that really well so the two of them are going to battle out for that uh for that job all right let's talk about cody barton for a minute it looks like he's going to elevate this year keith he's he's yep. going from a special teams kind of guy did very well doing that to coming mm -hmm. in, filling in for Bobby Wagner last year when Bobby Wagner was out, did uh, an admirable job just to kind of hold down that position. 
He and did now he's elevated well. to a starter. Yeah. And you're he's not convinced the, that he's, he's good enough to I'm, be a starter in this defense. I'm not. Um, and it, so the, the next part of what I'm going to say is going to completely counteract that. Um, because when, when Barton came in for Wagner, I mean, you, you look at that, you have this guy that, that has the team has you know, never really committed to as a starter, you know, and, um, through three years and he comes in for an all pro uh and you're like wow this is going to be bad like the, the drop off is going to be huge and it kind of wasn't um and that's not to say that you know he was fantastic or that he was as good as bobby but it wasn't the drastic like oh my god that i expected um he held it down really well he made some plays he um you know made a lot of tackles made a lot of good did a lot of good things um I'm still concerned about him as a full-time starter at 237 pounds. Um, he's not the biggest guy. He has not never been the best tackler. He's had a lot of running backs bounce off of him. Um, but at the same time, he didn't really have that problem once he became a starter. So uh, I think what's happened is for me and for a lot of um other fans that I've you know spoken with is that image of him as a strong side linebacker when he was playing way out of position um, as the from, as a rookie. from his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of lodged into um, people's minds as that's more of who he is. And I'm saying by people, I am including myself in that. And we haven't necessarily given him a complete fair shake as the possibility of being a starter um, at a, different position besides you know one where he was expected to be up at the line of scrimmage and set the edge so right and you know we'll see what happens like he's a guy that you know could come in and 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 really just uh do well when he was drafted there was some excitement he has some speed he's uh, a guy that was kind of thought of as hey this is uh this is the heir apparent to um bobby wagner um or at least the heir apparent to kj Wright and that, you know, cause he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed, he's got some, some nice things. Yeah. And, but then he didn't really show it as a rookie. And we kind of were just like, Oh, well that was disappointing. And especially when they turned around and drafted Jordan Brooks the following year. Um, and he got, well, when you from had, that role, you had Bobby Wagner, KJ, Wright, And I think Michael Kendricks in his mm-hmm. rookie years starters, and that's hard to penetrate that group. And then, yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's he's out there. He's he's there now. I think he's going to yep. get a good shot. We'll see how how it goes. It could be the weak link, or it could be uh, yeah. that the, that the linebacker group is the strongest group on on the team. You know, there's a lot of youth here and a new player in Nuwasu that kind of needs to integrate. We'll see. Yeah, my 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 concern wasn't necessarily so much about Barton. It was that what happens if Barton turns out not to be the guy? I don't see. I don't, I don't see a guy right. on here. Yeah. Everyone else seems to be outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, those what, are the what, guys, the, the guy, the Joel, uh, Ligon Bue, Bue sure. from Chicago <laughs> that we picked up. That's kind of a special teams guy. I think he's mm-hmm. only got like 20 snaps Yeah, taking plays in the NFL, but I think he's a middle linebacker. Um, Nick Ballore, you know, could come in and play a little bit of that. He's Denver a special Kirvin's team. Not, and he, yeah, he, totally. I know. I know. 
Aaron Donker. Aaron Donker's a big guy, but they've got him coming off the edge as well this year. Mm-hmm. Tanner Muse, again, another fast, undersized kind of guy. That You know what, was, what was surprised a, me is because Aaron Donker was a rookie last year. And um, so, you know, he's there. He's, you know, earning his spot, playing some special teams, all of that. I think he's, uh, other than Nick Ballore, who doesn't count because he's not really a linebacker, Aaron Donker is the oldest linebacker on this roster. Interesting. 27, 27. years old. Yeah. yeah. He's the oldest linebacker um, that the Seahawks have rostered uh, right now. And he's their foreign player exemption. Mm-hmm. Again. And I had an ACL last year, which was unfortunate. So yeah. Tanner Muse, the, the safety that used to be with the Raiders, um that w- that we picked up is still hanging around on the roster. I'm still intrigued by him because he had numbers and, and athletic profiles in the draft that I was really um, I really like. John Radigan, uh a guy from Army that's hanging around, Lickham Williams, uh Levi Jones and Joshua Unu Unu Jugo uh rounds that out. Mm-hmm. Um so so thoughts overall. We've we've talked about a lot of players is this going to be a strength or a weakness on this team? Um, can I say both? Because I really like Jordan Brooks, and um, I think Nawasu is going to be uh, a good addition on the strong side. And I think the weak side position with a guy like Boye Mafe, Alton Robinson, those guys are going to be um, mm-hmm. good there. Um, Cody Barton. So, so is, starters. Yeah, starters. and so and so, and then there's Cody Cody Barton, who I'm not as I'm still not as sold on, even though I was trying to talk you into it um, a couple minutes ago. Um, I don't trust a single other name on that roster after them. If there's to me, the, the lack of depth, if one of those guys get hurt, especially um, Cody Barton, if he gets hurt or if he oh. doesn't pan oh, out, dude. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing else on the roster. I, I would be less do. concerned about Cody Barton than I would be about Nuasu or Brooks. You know, those guys go down. It's, it's, it's not looking great. Well, if Nuasa goes down, it's an outside linebacker spot. It's a strong side. You can, you could come up with a, a way to make it work with a Ben Burkhaven or, um, you know, one of those guys that makes the roster for, mm-hmm. um, for special teams reasons. You can, you could make it work, right? I mean, it, it would be and, and Taylor. Sure. I mean, I would just put. Darryl well, yeah, Taylor. that's the other thing. You'd stick Daryl Taylor would would. But you could slide him out there. And, yeah. And, and you know, uh, Jamal Adams is going to take some snaps there anyway. You could yep. throw Jamal Adams there for a few snaps. So, yeah, so, I know. But it's really, if you they lose Jordan Book, Brooks, the whole interior of that defense falls apart because mm. they just, there's, there's no way, there's no depth to replace them. And that was one of the things that I was concerned about. I really wanted them to get another true middle linebacker so that we had three with Barton. Um, Brooks and then whoever that third person is. And I just don't yeah. see it. I think that the, you know, the, the more that we talk, so we talked about uh, corners already safeties and now linebackers. And we, we did talk about a few of these defensive ends we've got coming up. Um, I think everything looks good on the surface as far as starters, like who's mm-hmm. going to come in and play the most of the snaps. It's that depth part that are unknown could be good. Could be better than advertised, yeah. especially on the cornerback side. I think there's plenty of names on the safeties to be able to, to get a good group together there, especially if Marky, a guy like Marquis Blair stays healthy. I think that yeah. that group is really actually a strength. And then the linebacker thing is just a whole bunch of unknowns, really. Yeah. And it and it's part of it is, I don't even know where they're going to scheme up and line up and really kind of 
the coaches have plans obviously for each one of these players and it'll just be interesting to see how that comes to fruition uh during practice you can kind of see this come together a little bit because yeah, that dick I mean, fangio defense i sent you an article i want you to read i don't know if you've had a chance to read it but that thing is so in-depth it kind of goes through the layers of the defense and and assignments and what we'll likely see this year and i'd like to be able to talk about that here you know after we get done with the position groups at some point oh absolutely um, um we we're, we need to do that anyway just for our own like i know right you know, prep for the season but yeah uh, that's, it's 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 a layer of complexity that you i mean before the way that pete carroll wanted to run it it was just simple it's like line up mm -hmm. and play and go do your job and we're just going to be better at it than the the offense now it's like yeah. woohoo it's yep. it's similar to me it's similar to the idea of what the offense is trying to do the offense wants to line up in the same sort of looks the same package they want to get to the line of scrimmage and with the disguise and then move around and run plays out of the same sort of formations mm -hmm. and the defense is kind of the same way they want to line up the same way they want to show the same looks pre-snap so that the quarterback has to make um, post-snap decisions and reads it just makes it a little more complicated gives your guys up front a chance to get home um with with an extra little step and then on the back end it helps too um I mean, so it'll I, be interesting I, i've said this in the show in the past like this is a new defense this is a completely new scheme this isn't oh we made a little tweak or we just changed who's calling plays like pete carroll um you know when during this process was like we need to evolve and so um you know, when they, they hired these coaches and they brought in guys like Desai and um, it was, we need new ideas. We need yes. new thoughts. We need, we need to be better by, by incorporating new stuff. Um, yes. And I, the, I'm, the, go ahead. I say, I'm just really impressed that a guy who's 70, about to be 71 um, is willing to be like, you know what, the stuff that we've done that's worked really well and got us a championship it was fine, but we need to evolve. We need to continue yeah. to evolve and not just rest on, Hey, we know it worked once um, type of thing. And, and very few coaches can put their ego away to do that ever. And very few coaches that are 70 and, you know, looking at trying to make one, you know, last couple of three um, years of putting a team together to try and win one more championship are willing to just completely, evolve yeah. and, and change their entire scheme i i, I totally agree i t i absolutely totally agree you know he saw coaches come into the league like sean uh not sean McVay and mm -hmm. um shanahan and change offenses and the seahawks offense used to be set up to 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 defeat certain offenses and those were kind of going away and they learned how to defeat the pete carroll defenses now you've got defenses that are specifically designed and we're talking about um the the Vic Fangio scheme that are specifically designed to defeat offenses like the Rams like the 49ers and others yeah. um and so yeah it's something different and new for us as well so it, I'm excited I really am excited because it's it's one of those deals where you either <laughs> you 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 keep up and lead the pack or you fall behind and we were yep. clearly doing that and fans knew that we were all kind of frustrated about the defense for, for, for years, well, um, it's, not it's just nothing, this last year. It's also what happened on the offensive side. 
right? They came in, they installed the zone scheme right. running game and they made it work. And then what, then they got Wilson and there was, you know, the zone read kind of stuff, even though he never kept the ball. Um, but every, what they did, yeah, it worked until it stopped working mm-hmm. and they needed to evolve. They needed to make some changes. And that's what Shane Waldron, um, brought was a completely new offense and now they've got a completely new defense and it's a it's a offense and defense that ha, are going to be more modern and less old school yeah so right with some competence mm-hmm. i mean you can say you're going to bring in somebody new and whatever but you know it's the maturity of you know i think pete carroll demands the maturity of the the coordinators and yeah to me, that's the best of both worlds. You get a competent, really competent head coach that's been there, it's done it all, that's willing to invest into that young talent, the the young ideas, um, the forward thinking. And um, that's what everyone was asking for for the last couple of years. Like, fire Pete Carroll, fire Pete. Because he's old, he's antiquated, blah, blah, blah. This shows that he's completely adaptable and willing mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes to get back to the top. And I, I'm, I'm, really excited for it yeah so. i mean the, it met all the requirements i think of the fire pete carroll crowd without actually letting go of pete carroll um because it allow it allows the team to keep what pete carroll is, does best which is culture building and you know right. um and all that stuff for the team and he's so good at it. he's one of the best in the nfl at it um if not the best at the nfl at it and it allows him to do that without having you know, the, the other parts that everyone was frustrated with, which is, you know, him kind of becoming a bit of a dinosaur in terms of his scheme. And now he's not. So yeah. Is that All right. It? All right. So next time we're going to finish up with defensive tackles, defensive ends, and then we'll switch back to the offense. We did quarterbacks before we'll get everything else. And then uh, we'll continue. We'll continue on. So find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You can find the show Seahawks playbook.com. Seahawks playbook on your favorite podcast app and YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Please share it. All that good stuff. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL and the show is at Hawks playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.